0: This is the World of Roe Podcast. And introducing your host, standing at 6'5", weighing 225
1: pounds, from Alice, Texas, Roel Santos. Hey, 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 yes, I am 6'4". I don't weigh 225 or 30 pounds. I'm I'm actually a little lighter than that. But hey, this is Roel. And you're listening to the World of Roe podcast, my show. This podcast is available to you every single Friday on iTunes, Google Play, worldofro.com wherever you listen to your podcasts. There's a couple of great ways that you can help out my show. And, of course... The main one, of course, is taking the time to go to the Patreon page and donate a couple of bucks at patreon.com slash Row. You can also go to iTunes and leave me a review. Five stars. And then after you do that, tell everyone about it if you can. Look, I, I, I tweet this show out on a daily basis. I, I try to use Facebook more. But I rely on you. Yes, you, my friend. You, you my dear listener. If you know somebody that doesn't... You know, listen to the radio at all. They don't listen to music. They don't keep up with all that stuff. Say 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 tell them this. Go. Listen to my pot listen to this podcast. It's my buddy. I feel like I know him. Check out this amazing podcast. He's a great guy. He's a great dude. You'll enjoy it. He talks to amazing people and he and at the same time he talks to you about his life. Yes. Please do that for me. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it, guys. So thank you. Well, welcome, guys. Welcome to the first episode of 2017. Wow, that is just weird to say. 2017. You know, I remember when I would um, I'd write the date down for school when I was a kid. You know how you would have to write your name on the sheet of paper and you're dating it and everything. And... It was always weird when you would type, you'd write the year change, right? So it was like, I can't remember, like 95 to 96, 96 to 97, or whatever. And now it's like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, whoa 17. Like, man, this time is just really creeping up on us, and it's kind of just flying by. But yeah, you know, um, I hope that you all have had a happy new year, and I hope you enjoyed your holidays, and I'm sure you're probably back to grinding it out. And you're commuting to work as we speak, or maybe you're going home right now from work, or maybe you're working out, or maybe you're just sitting down, chilling, and listening to my awesome voice. And you have that audio cranked up, and you've got your headphones or your earplugs plugged plugged in, and you're just ready to get into this world of row, <laughs> guys. Uh, uh, it's it's been a interesting week, a long week. It seems like. The older I'm getting, the weeks get longer. But I'm still trying to find time to get things done. We've been in the process of moving. That's been a, a challenge. Moving moving sucks. Let's just be real here, right? We're all adults here. It, it sucks. You're moving stuff around and you feel like you've got everything. You're like, oh, we don't have that much shit. But we have a lot of stuff, you know? And you're just like, dang, why do I got to go through all this? But, you know, it, it happens. And, um... Uh, we're kind of like at the very end now which is exciting and uh, we're, we're just focusing now on you know the usual the huge the the day in day out stuff and so far today's been a good day it's been a rather chilly day for a texas day and i was actually <laughs> we were we were group messaging me sean uh, fear from you know fyfc and uh mandy from little geek lost and they're in canada and she put like a picture in our conversation that it was negative 19 degrees in Ontario right now and they were like wow it's not even we're not even the middle of January yet and I kind of screenshotted what the weather was like and it was like a blistering 46 degrees and I said that ain't cold this is cold and they were just like oh you're crazy I mean, it, was, it was hilarious um to make people laugh and feel like oh the Texan thinks he's freezing <laughs> and I know you guys all over the world and experience winters differently than me so um yeah, you know, some goals for 2017. There's a lot of exciting things to come up in on, on 2017. There's hopefully a lot of good podcasts coming out this year. I'm, I'm working hard to line up some guests. There's going to be a couple of repeat guests, and we have the one-year anniversary of World of Row coming up this month. I'm already starting to proactively work on that and thinking of ways on how to plug that with some sort of hashtag. and uh if you have any ideas, send them my way. You know, you get if you want to tweet at me, or if you want to text me, if you want to Facebook, whatever, email me. You know, Rowell Rowell at Gmail. That would be great. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think of things, but you know, my goal for 2017 is to be more personal on these monologues, and uh, I feel like I was scratching the surface a little bit about myself, and as times progressed, I've certainly certainly picked up the the. The momentum there and i think that that's my goal and i think i want to give you guys a little bit more of me here on these little monologues and of course 50 minutes or so the the meat and potatoes of the podcast is always going to be about my guest and um but i think i'm, I'm going to do more of me i think after that ama some of the feedback i've received has been pretty positive and getting to know me more and hearing the banter with my sister and I, that's like the third time you hear it. If you've been following since episode one and, and I know I I get it. Sometimes it might get stale. it might get stalemate and I don't want to do that. You know, there's, there's always certain types of conversations we can have with family members. And, you know, my dad, when he did 17 and 18, I was like, man, I got to bring this guy back more often, but then I don't want to get him stay, get you guys you know annoyed with him so he's kind of kept his distance i mean he made that one appearance a while back but anyway um i try to keep some of those conversations that i've had with some of the some people on the podcast and if you've in en- if you've enjoyed it i'm kind of going away from it so um you know we're just just working and uh to get a to get a great show so i think being personal is going to be a, a big thing um and uh i I did want to do this while i'm in the monologue here before I get into my guest for this week uh i talked to I just want to give a shout out again to my friend good friend kevin death he's he's been my friend a mentor he's always been out you know looking out for me for so many years we worked together and we we've become good friends over the years and I got to talk to him today so I actually just talked to you about mm, an hour ago you uh we had a nice conversation we had some laughs and he gave me some 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 uh, awesome feedback about the show and about my about what I'm doing and I really appreciate that man i it's been it was really awesome to hear i am glad that you uh you've enjoyed the show and I hope that all of you enjoy enjoy the show if this is your first time listening go back and check out the back catalog there's there's some great stuff on there and um you know he when it's nice to hear that like I said good or bad I'm always open to the idea of hearing um the feedback from from everybody, and I just want to get better at it. I, I love doing this for for you guys. I love dropping it every Friday. I look forward to it. Like at it's like at ten thirty or eleven o'clock on Thursday night, I'm like, yep, it's time. It's time to do this. It's time to do this. It's time to get ready. And so there I am. I'm plugging away on my laptop, and I'm making sure everything's good to go. And I've got my intro outro set i'm like the producing part i'm like okay i'm ready to market this i'm ready to do this so usually by midnight or after 12 i upload the episode and then i'm doing all the social media plugs around seven or eight in the morning the next day just to get the tweet out and and i try to facebook it and i use the clamor i don't know if you guys have uh if you if we follow each other on facebook or or whatever and you're you see, when I upload the clip, I, I usually take about twenty five seconds, or it allows me to take twenty five to thirty seconds of a clip, and it allows me to play some of it for you, so that way you can kind of get an idea of what it, of what the show is going to be. And I try to I try to find the best clip or the funniest clip or at least the part that I really liked, and and bring it in there for you. But yeah, so uh well, I'm at a loss for words. Look at that, I lost my breath for a second. So this week's guest. Now this episode, this podcast, I actually recorded way, 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 way back when. Back in like June or July. Actually, I think it was July of of last year. And I had been holding on to it because we were supposed to do like a two-parter. And a lot of things happened. One of them, of course, was uh timing is always an issue adults we have to work and we have to uh, we have to do what's necessary and we have to kind of you know take care of things and and with part two never happened and then when it did happen um my macbook crashed and i had to try to scramble around and do all this stuff and 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 i feel so bad because i've been keeping in touch with my with this guest and i told her hey i'm gonna drop this or this you know this this whatever and I haven't, so this week I'm dropping it, and on the podcast is Colleen Mullen, yes, Dr. Colleen Mullen, excuse me, she is a podcaster, she is, I'm several hats, she's got two podcasts, Coaching with Chaos, uh, Coaching Through Chaos, oh man, I'm so sorry, I'm fumbling my words here, and uh, she's got another podcast called Shrink to Shrink, and that's with the Quad Father, you guys remember, Courtney, the Quadcast, Courtney, and they they analyze film, and it's all it's almost like a psychoanalysis, I guess you could say, and we have a very, very interesting conversation, and I really like the idea of talking with her because I wanted to get her input on a lot of things, and we, we talk a lot about stuff, and it's a very interesting conversation. I haven't listened to it in quite some time, and it's not that I don't remember the conversation. It's just a matter of I don't know. Maybe it is a matter of remembering the entire thing, but it's not, not necessarily a bad thing. But I do remember when we had the conversation, I was really, really intrigued with what she had to say. And we had, and at the time we kind of, uh, I was working to get Dan Franks on the podcast and we both mentioned it because Dan was on her podcast and talked about how she was going to podcast movement and she did go to podcast movement and <laughs> podcast movement back in July. So this was, this was June and we, and she had a great time over there, and we talked about it in the other podcast. That's that's now a lost lost episode in World of Rope. But you guys, this is a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy, and I do apologize for delaying it, but it's still an amazing podcast. And the fact that I'm dropping it six months later, it still holds water. You're gonna love it. So uh, sit back and enjoy. Your Doctor Colleen Mullen. So Doctor um if you don't mind me asking, and uh it, it was in psychology? Yes, yes. In
0: marriage and family therapy. Oh, so awesome. That, so there's a, the Yeah. A license uh with my master's degree and I have a doctorate a few years later in the same uh oh, marriage and family therapy.
1: Awesome. So that's that's the connection with court, I'm guessing then, right?
0: Actually the connection with court was um through Twitter and oh, podcasting. Yeah. And so we've we've really only met online, and now host this show together.
1: Nice. So you're and you're in San Diego, California, California.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> San, right, S-
1: San Diego. No, I'm kidding, San Diego,
0: right? <laughs> and, uh, right, and we're having uh, weather that's probably more like yours today. Oh,
1: humid and hot, and you don't want to go outside.
0: Yeah, it's over a hundred degrees. Oh gosh,
1: yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely Texas weather. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've actually been to San Diego once. I went back in two thousand and four. I, ha- I was working for a company and we had a conference out there, and uh-huh. we stayed at we were at the hotel and we wanted to go and check out California because I had never been to that been to that part of California anyway because it's really beautiful, mm-hmm. and it rained like the whole time I was there. <laughs> <laughs> And the, yeah, we,
0: we get rain like five days out of the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
1: what the hotel clerk said. I, I asked him, I said, does it rain this much here? He's like, actually, it hadn't rained in like 40 days. I was like, oh my gosh, really?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So you got, you're got on Shrink to Shrink, and then you have your own podcast, which I did listen to the one with uh, Dan Franks. So that was a really great episode. So so tell me, hey. how did you start podcasting? How did everything come to be with, your, with you in this venture?
0: Right, so I started the Coaching Through Chaos podcast last June, uh, twenty fifteen, and launched that. And that's a self help show where I interview authors, experts, um, and then people with really great stories of resiliency and overcoming obstacles in life. And um, you know, want to I say that I inspire, motivate, and empower my audience. Mm-hmm. And um, so that got started last May on kind of a fluke. I answered an ad from a radio show that said if you have an idea for a radio show let us know what it is Uh and um And, you know, we'll get back to you. And I was like, okay, well, I've got this idea. So I wrote it in and a couple of months later they wrote back and said, "Um, yeah, we want you to do the pitch on the air and we're actually looking to start a podcast channel. So it turned out it was a Bloomberg radio station in Houston. Mm. And um, so I ended up then launching uh, the show like a couple of weeks later, uh, not knowing anything about what I was doing. and but had a viable show and it got on new and noteworthy for, you know, all the weeks that it can be on there and in a bunch of categories. And so I feel really lucky that it just kind of went as nicely as it did for me. Um, Yeah. So, and it's been great as far as um, just the the connections that I'm making with everybody. All the guests have been so generous with their time and um, promoting and just, even offered, you know, future connections and different ventures. And so that's the coaching through chaos show and that comes out every 2 weeks. Oh. And then I have shrink to shrink mm-hmm. which was started with another podcaster and uh we connected over Twitter. I did a couple of episodes on his show where we talked about some psychological aspects of certain movies mm-hmm. and um and he also happens to be a therapist and People really liked it and listened to it, so we officially launched launched um, Shrink to Shrink. I think in April. I think we have three or four official episodes. We do one a month of that, mm-hmm. and where we take like a, a relatively popular movie and kind of break it down scene by scene and and psycho psycho talk it. I would say psychoanalyze it, but we're both <laughs> not psycho a- analysts. so. um <laughs> But uh, but that's been a lot of fun, and uh, we're really thrilled with the audience reception on that one. I think we're we're hitting well over five thousand downloads a month on that one right now. Wow,
1: that's great. Yeah, that's really good. So yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I listened to the episode with uh with Dan Franks on Coaching with Chaos, and I thought mm-hmm. it was really awesome. I haven't been able to go back and listen to too many of them, but I did listen to Shrink to Shrink. Yeah. and I really like what you're- t- what you're talking about with coaching with chaos so you 're talking about you're kind of coach like life coaching resilience obstacles. I love that just because in in the type of job atmosphere that I was in previously, it was more in a leadership presence and trying to overcome obstacles granted it's not crazy life obstacles but I always kind of saw myself like as this coach and i mean granted it's retail it's not <laughs> it's not anything crazy but you know you you in some capacity, the people that you work with and you're kind of leading these people, you're almost kind of teaching them things to kind of grow. You know, if they're growing into it, if they're in their early 20s and they really don't know what they want to do. I, I mean, I admire that actually a lot just because it's, um, you know, it's it's your life direction, you know.
0: Right. And so I actually do the coaching more in my um, not in the podcast. I mean, I, I the show is coaching through chaos. It's also the name of my private practice here in San oh, Diego, okay. and I do the coaching work on the show. I'm not actually the expert on the show. I, you know, my guests are the expert, uh-huh. and I bring them on on certain topics. The episode that you listened to with um, Dan Franks, mm-hmm. um, I featured as you know um, as an entrepreneurial, inspirational right. kind of segment. In yeah. that, it was him and a couple of buddies got together and had an idea that. Probably lots of other people had, and they took it to fruition and made it come to life. Right, and so um, so I'll have people like that who have kind of made their dream come true, you right. know, yeah, and yeah. Um, and then I'll have people that have experts on different um, different subjects in life, like um, yeah, and the stories of resiliency are ones where I ha- I'm started featuring. Um personal stories where people have just had these horrific things happen to them and have found a new way to look at their life. Um, but some of the more like um, educational sides of the show we did um, uh, we've covered uh, some addiction work, mm-hmm. suicide prevention, oh, wow. um, resiliency as a coping you know how to build your own resiliency. Um, we've had health and wellness experts and um, Uh, let's see, a couple of people who wrote some books that really took off on uh, mental strength. And um, then we had a segment on a fertility issue. So um, I'm trying to just kind of bring a broad spectrum of topics. I'm creating it as like an online resource database for people. So it's kind of an adjunct to my practice. Mm -hmm. And... And I tell people when they call me now, like if they're deciding between therapists who they want to see, I'll say, well, why don't you take a look at my website? And whether you call me again or not, there's a ton of free information on there. And so they end up usually calling back these days because there is so much information. They they, they want someone who's going to put that kind of effort into the work with them. Yeah. So it's um, cool. practice. And I really like kind of just having this place out there on the internet where people can come and kind of look up topics and see if we've got anything to help them with it at this point.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And what made you get into this type of uh, a type of field with, uh, you know, all, all the, um you know, like co- you know, coaching the, and everything the like psychology? that? The psychology? Yeah. What, made, what, what was the inspiration for that for you uh, growing up?
0: Yeah, I always wanted to be a therapist. I had some rough times when I was growing up. I, I did not have a an easy time in my family and was out of my home when i was like 17 and oh. and i've told that story in a couple other <clears throat> podcasts and mm-hmm. so um it was just one of these things where I had a really bad experience with therapy when I was about 13. And then I had one that changed my entire life at 17. And I thought, you know, like if I can do that for another kid someday or another person, like that's what I want to do. So I kind of, um, I, that therapist helped me get out of my home at 17 and stay out and kind of tell my parents that's, that was the safest thing for me to do at that point. And, um, and then from there kind of, didn't have a lot of self confidence. Kind of fluffed around in my twenties for a bit, and then mm-hmm. when I was in my late twenties, I decided to go back to school to that's focus awesome. on becoming a therapist and kind of, you know, rebuilt everything at that time.
1: That's awesome. That that's that's really awesome to hear. Self confidence is like is such a big thing, right? I mean, I, yeah. I think you go through it a lot when you're a teenager, and then when you grow into your early early part of your life, and especially in your twenties, because. I've, I don't know about you, but when I graduated high school, I thought I had this plan of like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then you don't even, <laughs> you think it just, it's just going to happen, right? But it doesn't really happen. And then you hit adult life and you're just like, oh, man, this is a lot harder than what I thought. And you kind of have to have that confidence to push yourself through a lot of a lot of things. And some you learn some obstacles. Granted, you're not in your 30s and have fam- you have family or anything or whatever. You know, you're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. But that's, that's amazing. So uh, where did you go to college at?
0: So I did my. I went back and finished my undergrad at uh, SUNY Stony Brook, which is uh, in New York, where I'm from. Oh wow! And, okay. Yeah, and then um, I finished that and came across to California and mm-hmm. went to uh, U.S. International University. Yeah. Um, and at the time, they had had all these bigwigs in systemic psychology um, who, who had come through that school, and I actually got trained by like one of the founders of uh, Strategic Family Therapy, which was a really amazing honor to be trained by him. His name is Jay Haley and he's since passed on, but oh. I came out from California to have like this wonderful, like small grad school experience and it was, it was great.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: And I stayed out here. I kind of always dreamed of living in California. So
1: yeah. Really? I figured I'll
0: either go back to New York with a doctorate or I'll stay in California. And so I <laughs> stayed, it's been about, I think it's 16 years now.
1: Wow. You yeah. like from the East coast to the West coast. Yeah. So do you miss New York at all or?
0: Well, I I go back uh, probably once a year. I still have most of my siblings and my mother back Mm -hmm. there. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so I still go back pretty frequently and uh, get to have my little dose of the things that I do love about New York. And then I get to leave and come back to California, which I absolutely love so much about Southern California.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you, I'm sure you don't miss the winters in New York. Versus no, that York was Cubs.
0: probably the primary reason for leaving. <laughs> I'm not a cold weather person. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I get that a lot because in the job in the job that I work, I see people, and they're from different parts of the country because you know I'm in San Antonio. There's a lot of military folk and. Mm-hmm. They always, uh, you know, some people are, like, from New York, Chicago, Massachusetts, uh, mid- a lot of mid- Midwest states. And um, and I'll tell them, do you like living here? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I love it. The weather's great. I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I'm, I'm <laughs> from South Texas, born and raised. I've been here all my life. I mean, not from San Antonio, but smaller parts of South Texas. And uh-huh. I've always envisioned myself of living in, like... You know the Midwest, or going to Chicago, or going to here or there. Just this experience, like four seasons, because in Texas and in California, I'm sure we only get really two seasons of that. And uh, and they tell me you're well, you know what? When you've gone through a winter like I have in different parts of the states, it's primarily like the East Coast. You learn to appreciate the warmer weather because oh yeah, it's such a tra- it's such a hard you know not a travesty, but it's just a challenge to deal with you know with. Plowing and all this other stuff when there's snow and it's oh, just crazy. The,
0: the time that you have to take and that you lose from your life and this and and the things to make your life happen when there's snow on the ground. It's just unbelievable, and and I couldn't even imagine living in those states where I, I have lots of friends who are transplants from the Midwest, and oh, gotcha. I don't I don't know how anybody even stays in those states when the winter's there. But um, <laughs> you know, when people told me when I was moving to California, like I'd never been to San Diego before I moved here, I mm-hmm. thought I was going to go to San Francisco because of kind of artsy and musical, and so I yeah. thought I'd be more suited that way. But then I I love the beach and I just kind of found out what the weather was like in Southern California. So I went down here and uh, people said, Oh my gosh, you're gonna you're gonna miss the seasons and I I tell you I really don't. You don't okay. (laughs) And I mean if I I I can go up to the mountains, I can see the pretty fall colors if I wanna want to. Yeah. I've been invited to go up to the mountains during ski season and stuff, but I have chosen to avoid the snow.
1: (laughs) Nice. Well I mean I don't miss that. <laughs> but if you wanted to experience the snow, you could easily just go to Utah or you can go to like Oregon or something right because I, well, I could they...
0: go two hours north of here in San Diego you know north of San Diego and find some snow at the right time of the year but wow. um, and that's what I love about Southern California is that if I want to see the four seasons, I can mm-hmm. and sometimes you can even do that in a couple of days depending on the time of year wow. but um but I prefer the beach beach weather so, Nice, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I I mean I, I thought you were from California. That's well, that's interesting to know. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of East Coasters. I, I mean, I've I've known a couple. Like I've said, I have a couple of friends. I mean, I didn't say, but I had a couple of friends from like the New York area that have migrated oh. down into different parts of the country, and they've always you know gotten away from that. And I don't know. I mean, some of them have made it made it made their way back over there, and some stay over here back and forth. It's just that's really cool. That's really cool. So yeah, and and with the and the podcasting thing, do you, which are you enjoying, the Shrink to Shrink? And by the way, I did love the way you guys, uh, um, you know, the whole Gone Girl thing. I told Court that. We didn't get to cover it as much, but I thought what you guys talked about was amazing.
0: Oh, huh. that's great. Yeah, that one was I, I, we're really having fun with all of them but gone girl she was such a she was such a psycho character that it was easy to to uh, really pull that one apart and talk about like well what if we knew somebody like that and mm-hmm. so um and it's fun to kind of watch and go like okay well which what clips are we going to pull out and how are we going to frame this so we do a little bit of work be- prior to that show not mm-hmm. not a lot but we do a bit of a bit of research um right. or we we do those episodes um but I'm loving the whole podcasting, everything about all of it, I suppose. Like, I like my Coaching Through Chaos one. Yeah. I love the connections. I love, ha- you know, being a person who's presenting a resource to lots of people. And right. then on the Shrink to Shrink one, you know, we're just having fun with that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh it keeps me a little fresh and on my toes, and thinking about it. you know when I watch movies now, I'm looking and saying, well, how would I how would I talk about this? Aspect? <laughs> our, our next one we're film um, we're recording is on the movie Creed, which I just watched last night, so we can record next week. Oh gosh! And so that's gonna be a good one too.
1: Yeah, I've, I I haven't seen it. Was that a good movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was.
1: Awesome. I'm gonna have to check it out really mm-hmm. soon. It was
0: then. fun to see you know Rocky. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, I heard Sylvester Stallone did so well on that film and I know he got an Oscar nomination for it, but you're kind of like, well, I mean, he hasn't, he's not, uh, he hasn't done anything good in a while, but I've heard so many great things about his performance primarily in that movie.
0: He was good, you know, I mean, um, and, and I, I was a little skeptical too. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's Rocky <laughs> and it's, it's many, yeah. many years after the first one. So, but he was, he was a very good performance.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So in your, in your day-to-day stuff, cause mm-hmm. when you're not podcasting, you're doing your pra- your practice, correct? Yes. And do you, do you see, a, I, mean, I mean, you don't have to go into detail. is it? Oh. Is it, is it a, I mean, how would you describe that? Because I mean, some of these things, you know, the shrink to shrink stuff, like you said, there's people out there that actually exist that are like this woman in that movie.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. So my, my private practice, I see, um, I see about twenty-five people. I've about I have about forty clients, and I see mm-hmm. about twenty-five people a week. And um, I have four therapists now that work for me. And um, you know, I do a lot of personally. I see adults. I worked with kids for about a decade, and then mm-hmm. I kind of merge into the adult work um, more steadily. So I see adults with addiction, trauma, mm-hmm. um, depression, anxiety, and then really high conflict couples. Um, are the the people that I take on. And then I have therapists who specialize in, like, child and family and teenagers. I got a guy who um, specializes in, in dating and relationships for young mm-hmm. professionals. So I kind of have um, uh, f- four or five people that can meet most anybody's emotional needs. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, someone like if we're going to talk about the character in Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. Someone like the character in Gone Girl, she's not really... Right. Like the husband would the husband probably would or they'd show up as a as a couple with a really high level of conflict right and i'd have to pull that apart so i mean you see people like that occasionally yeah. but it's really usually in the under the, gu- under the guise of conflict i mean couples couples I'm sure will. is so, uh um,
1: yeah oh, i'm sorry go ahead
0: no and, and so you know and it's a uh you know, um, and and everybody can find you know both the private practice and the the um, podcast at coachingthroughchaos.com. and mm-hmm. they can kind of see like we talk about. I'm also I wrote my the chaos has a, a special meaning regarding my doctoral mm-hmm. work, and I um, designed a way to use chaos theory for mapping a person through the process of change mm-hmm. uh, that I I kind of came up with when I was running a drug rehab uh, during my studies and. Um, so there's some writing about that on the website. Um, and, uh, so we get, you know, our clients are more, you know, average people that Mm -hmm. are struggling with some personal issues in life, whether that's dealing with depression or anxiety or different traumas, you know, and like I said, my, a lot of my work, um, surrounds around, um, helping people through addictions.
1: Gotcha. Is it, I mean, I, is it emotional for you at times? I mean, I know that you have to maintain a professional presence when they're with you, but I mean, to digest to digest everything that maybe they're going through, is that like a real challenge? For, I mean, is it it's I'm sure it's it's rough sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think one of the um key uh things to um being uh a good therapist is being able to like really be able to empathize in the moment Mm -hmm. with your clients, which means that you're really connecting with them and almost feeling what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, and then being able to like, when the session's over, kind of close the door, take a couple of deep breaths and know that like, that that's not mine to take on. You know, I can't do the work for them in between. I can't save them. I can't fix them. I can help guide them. I can help build them back up. I can help them like, reframe how they're looking at things, sure. but um, but they may continue to falter or they may not recover or they may, you know, um, not, you know, um, not bounce back the way that, you know, like, you know, I might want them to right, or might yeah. like them to or go, oh, my gosh, if they could only understand this, they could really, like leave this relationship behind or if they could only understand this they could walk away from the trauma and it wouldn't affect them anymore and you know i can teach those things but i can't like get them to incorporate it that comes from within so i look at my role as a guide for them and you know um i've been doing this now i've been in private practice for i think this is my ninth year in my own private practice but I've thanks and i've been doing the work though since uh for about 14 years, I think. Yeah, I've been a therapist 14 years. And so I was doing agency work. I worked with foster kids for many mm-hmm. years. And I uh, was in a group home. I ran a, a large drug rehab for guys that were, you know, straight out of prison and homelessness, most of them. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was a tough population, but like really kind of grew my love for working with people who have addictions because when yeah. they get it, their whole life really changes. And so I um, so to answer your question, yes, I, you want to take home all that emotional stuff and I think when we start out as therapists, I think we can't help but kind of get caught up in our own emotional cycles, yeah. but it's really important to like take care of ourselves. Like I exercise probably 5 or 6 times a week and if I oh, don't good. I start to kind of feel like, you know, I can tell I get a little moody, I take on things too much. <laughs> You know, I get irritable and uh, knowing when to take breaks from work is a good thing. Like, I don't see clients five days a week. You know, I, I see clients about three and a half days a week. Yeah. Um, and uh, because there is a lot of background work that goes into doing the work. So three and a half days is a full-time job because you have all that emotion packed into like 25 hours and you have to follow their stories and you have to keep up with the admin stuff. So um, so I I, I haven't worked a five-day therapy week in in a very long time. Just for my own personal boundaries, it feels healthier for me to kind of keep it condensed into a few days a week.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good thing, right? Just to decompress yeah. from everything. That's really good. Um so it basically you you're, what you were saying is is that you can guide these people, but you know, no nothing bad when I say this, but you can only lead the horse to the water. You can't make them drink, you have to make them understand it mentally and I I mean I, wow <laughs> that I mean I I can only imagine. So I you know what Matt, I give you a lot of respect for what you do. People like you, they we oh. need more people out there like that just because okay. So so many people, you know, I mean, they have different issues whatsoever, whether it be addiction or depression or anxiety or, you know, any, all those things. It just It's just really sad that sometimes you see things happen to people, whether you're close to them or they're maybe your favorite musician or somebody, your favorite actor. And you don't know that they're tr- as troubled as they appear to be or appear as much as they seem to be. Yeah. But, you know, appearance is different, you know, so that's amazing. Oh,
0: yeah. And I think that I think that, you know, kind of understanding that, like, yeah, you never know what's what's going on behind closed doors in someone's life.
1: Right. Yeah. Have you um, do you know who uh, Chris Bell is by any chance?
0: Uh, Sounds familiar, but
1: he's he's done documentaries uh, called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, Trophy Kids. Oh, um,
0: I've heard of Trophy Kids. Yeah, yeah.
1: he he did another documentary uh, called Prescription Thugs. Have you heard about that one?
0: No.
1: Okay. Well, all of them are on Netflix. And, okay. Uh, and there's a reason why I'm bringing it yes. up, just because he <laughs> he he did one because in, in bigger, stronger, faster, it was he was dealing with um, he was doing a documentary about steroids and how much of an effect it was on America. This was back in like 2007 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then he did Prescription Thugs, and there's a tie in there because he was talking about how Prescription pills, whether they were, you know, um, painkillers or, or Adderall or. Any of these other types of medications, people were abusing them. Do you, mm-hmm. Does does that does that ha- do you see that a lot? I mean, again, you don't oh, have to go. Yeah. I don't want to go into. You don't have to go into Right. Details. I'm
0: not going to break any. I'm not going to yeah, break okay. any confidence. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, so in, I mean, do, in general, yeah, yeah, a lot of my my uh, addiction clients, I either have people have been struggling with um, alcoholism for mm-hmm. a long time, or I get people lately have been people who started out with. Um, you know, some kind of physical injury where they... Um, started taking narcotics to deal with the physical injury, whether that was like Oxycontin right. or um, something else for pain, Vicodin, um, mm. any Percocet, any of that kind of stuff. And then at some point, you know, they started taking more than was prescribed. You know, they build up a tolerance, so they take more at some point. And, you know, somewhere, uh, a long time ago I read, and and it seems to hold true, is that whenever a person takes a a, a pill mm. off prescription, a, 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 One of the pain pills, I should Mm -hmm. say, like Oxycontin, I think is what they were talking about at the time, when they take it off prescription. So... You know, you've got a back pain, and your friend says, "Oh, here, just take this." So mm. you're taking it off prescription, right? It's not your right. prescription. Right. Um, or you get a prescription from your doctor, and you take two instead of taking one. Like anytime you take it off prescription, um, you're 86% more likely than to start abusing it and get oh addicted. My gosh. So it's like that one time, and it, it and 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 it's 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 terrible that it's that addicting, um, because those pills have a place in helping people manage pain. Um You know we have a whole elderly population of people who have been prescribed those pills, and they are not um, mentally addicted. you know they, their body may physically need the medicine f- after they 've built up the um, use. Of it, and they build up a tolerance. They may need need it and feel like they're going to be sick, you know, if they if they go off it. Um, so there are proper ways to come down off of those medic medications anyway. But um, it's a shame that you know it's so highly addicting when you take it in, in that way. That yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything else that um, like if you take four aspirin, you're not going to become addicted to aspirin, right? Right. So you know. Um, but, uh, and and even antidepressants don't work that way, right? Okay. You know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you don't take more and feel like and like something changed in your brain. Right. You know, you have to build that up in, in your head. So, as far as the pain pill goes, they're just so dangerous. And so, uh, the majority of the people that I see for addiction these days have come in, started out as a pain patient somewhere at a pain mm-hmm. clinic, yeah. and then turned into either Um, uh, pill addicts or have gone to more hardcore heroin and things like that. Once the pill prescriptions ran out, you know, and they couldn't get any more prescriptions, they then switch over to heroin, which is kind of, which is on the same level. They're all opioids. And so, yeah. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have these people who have had jobs for, you know, 20 years, careers and everything else that are like, okay, and now I'm a heroin addict, you know, and, uh, you wouldn't, they never would have dreamed that that would have been what their life is like. So, um, and of course, there's the average stories that everybody hears of, of you know people recreationally using drugs and becoming addicted. But when you talk about pain pill addiction, it mm-hmm. um, usually starts off good intentions and people having you know needing it for pain management.
1: Right, and then it and like you said, it just turns into something that they want to do to feel like a high. A bright well, face sometimes.
0: Well, and they actually think that it's staving. I mean, there's this crazy phenomenon. I forget what it's called, but it's mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 it's a real phenomenon for pain management uh, patients that um, they will take so much of the pain meds, the opioids, and they're mm-hmm. they, they are so addicted to it and they're so afraid of going off it because, of course, they get sick, you know, the, the mm-hmm. junk sick. And um, they, um, when they go through withdrawals and everything, that um, once they get off it, like, So they go to detox and they get Mm. off it and they're everything. They find out that their pain is actually like better when they're not on the narcotics. Wow. You know, because their body is so used to, I don't know if it's the phenomenon of like, you know, um, just everything being affected by the drug and what the drug Mm. is doing to the other parts of their body that it actually falsely you know, tricks them into believing that they are staving off worse pain. But in reality, they usually feel better physically once they detox from the narcotics.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's wow.
0: (laughs) There's your little drug lesson for the day. Well,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I I knew that (laughs) that's just, that's crazy because I mean, I've never, I mean, granted, I've thankfully I've never done anything like that to where Mm -hmm. it's, I've had developed any type of um, bad habits or, or what have you, but that's just, that's amazing to know because see you, you you hear about it on you hear about it on television you read about it but you don't I mean I've never actually talked to somebody that you know deals with that on you know handles something some, you know something or in the realm of that on a daily basis and that's just I mean the statistic that you said eighty six percent of people who take it off prescribed develop an can develop an addiction to it becomes
0: it becomes, becomes eighty six more likely eighty six percent more likely that they'll turn into an addict. You know, an addiction, Um, and we should. And I'm speaking specifically about pain, uh, pain pills, um, opioids, those kind of pills, right? right. Um, Not not antidepressants um, or or, um, you know uh, anything like that, because I think antidepressants get such a bad rap. I want to make sure people aren't thinking. I mean, all you know psychotropic drugs. I mean, opioid um, pills.
1: When you say antidepressants, you're talking about like like Xanax.
0: No, that one's an addicting. That's an, oh, okay. uh, 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 yeah. That's okay. that's in, in a similar category as the um, uh, Vicodin, Valium, and stuff. Oh, gotcha. um, I'm talking about Paxil, Prozac, okay. um, Zoloft, Lexapro, antidepressant ones, and, and those are things where people will take them. Uh, on a daily basis, and and it helps stave off um, depression and anxiety. It helps kind of help them manage their symptoms. It gives them a little bit more emotional capacity to kind of build up their coping skills and recognize the signs of depression. And sometimes those are um, short-term, like they Mm -hmm. use them for like six months to get through a depressive episode, and sometimes they're longer-term if their person has recurrent depression. It may be something that they use more long term, but these are not those are not drugs that like you don't take an antidepressant and feel something different. Mm -hmm. What happens is is you take like when an antidepressant is working, and specifically like the um, SSRIs, they're called, and that's the Paxil, Prozac, and things like that. um, What happens is after five or six weeks of taking a therapeutic level dose of that, the person will kind of start to notice, Oh, I haven't been so irritable or I "I haven't been that reactive or I haven't been as depressed. And that's how they know it's working. It's not like all of a sudden they really are like happy and they have happy pills, but um, they, um, and they don't, and they don't get addicted because there's no rush to it, to the brain for anything. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. That, well, Very insightful. So, when you're, I, so I understand. So, when you're not doing your job, you, you, you exercise five or six times a day, you're podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: it's
1: all cathartic for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So, what do you, what else do you, what else do you do out there in California? I imagine there, I mean, you said you got, you've gone hiking or you've got seen the mountains. I mean,
0: oh, yeah. You know, and I've got a big, you know, big social circle at this point. And, uh, so uh, I like to get together with my friends. Um, we hike. Was that the the beach all day yesterday. I'm a little scorched right now, but nice. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun to be in the ocean. And uh, you know, um, I live about a mile from the beach, and so I really just uh, the ocean is very. Probably one of my favorite places to be, um, and I I've played you know um, tourist around San Diego every chance <laughs> I get. It's still fun to do even after you know sixteen years of doing it. I yeah. love when people come to visit, and I'll take them around, and show them all the tourist spots. Nice. So um, yeah, and I like to think I live a pretty full life. Oh, and, definitely. And, I'm sure it yeah. sounds like it. Yeah.
1: We, we We went uh, so when I was out there, we went to i forget which mall it was, but we needed a ride back to the hotel and mm-hmm. i don't know how the cab fare was ridiculous when we arrived to this mall, mm-hmm. so we had a, a a coworker from the from that part of the uh, San Diego or wherever we were at i can't remember but so he, so she had her husband like give us a ride back and we gave him, you know, he was like, give me like 30 bucks, that'll give me gas money, that'll, that's a lot cheaper than a cab for Like, like, okay, we'll do that. So it was like <laughs> four of us. I mean, I, it's such a long time ago, I can't remember the exact details of it. So we're driving back and I think we're on Interstate 5. Mm-hmm. And he is like flooring it you know i was like oh wow this is guys um should i uh let's measure the you know the the density here of my head impacting the windshield if we <laughs> happen a car wreck but i mean it wasn't i'm just kidding but I mean, it, was, it was anyway but uh when we were driving back he's like and he's you know he's going about it because he's so familiar from with the area. He's like, oh yeah, they filmed Top Gun right here. That's the base where they oh, filmed it at. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is this. This is. I'm like, what the heck? Oh, cool. You know, I'm like, man, Top Gun's <laughs> one of my favorite movies. But it, it was it was interesting. when people. I mean, at least over there. I mean, that, uh, he was driving crazy. I imagine that it's not exactly like that in San Diego versus like Los Angeles or San Francisco even. But I I like I said I want to. I've only been to San Diego once. I don't think I've been, I don't think I've been anywhere else in California, although I would love to go back to San Diego just because Uh it's it's, it's such a nice city. At least what I remember of it. Oh yeah. Well, we have
0: beautiful Balboa park, which has like all the museums in it and it has the, the famous, you know, San Diego zoo Mm -hmm. and, uh, then there's, you know, Tory Pines and the mm. golf and the cliffs and the hiking and you know, and then of course I think it's some like eighty miles of beaches. I mean, like you can't go wrong with that. No, so definitely not. Yeah. So definitely uh not. yeah. Um Do you, yeah, it's so, a great little life out here. <laughs> or lifestyle.
1: Yeah, yeah we, we have we have oceans in Tech or beaches in Texas, but Galveston and Corpus don't really Corpus Christi don't really classify well Corpus Christi doesn't, but and I don't mean to offend anybody who's from Corpus uh, that I know out there because I live there for a little bit, but it's not clearly like California. I mean, Galveston might be closer to it because it's more ocean out there than a, maybe down in the valley, in Port Isabel, Port mm-hmm. Isabel area. But yeah, that's uh <laughs> It's not Texas does not have nice beaches on the coast compared to California's beaches and everything like that. So. You know, I was watching, I I wanted to bring this up to you, Mm -hmm. but you know, actually, let me bring up something else to you. So in your coaching with chaos in your, I mean, like I said, I I listened to the, uh, the Dan Franks, but I haven't listened to the other, too many of the other ones. Do you incorporate like, you know, I'm not, not going into detail, just kind of like what you're going through, like with monologues or anything like that with your show? Um, do you ever kind of summarize some of that stuff into like incorporate it with your show is I guess what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah, I actually, I'm trying to um, kind of expand that part of it a little bit actually. Um, funny that you asked that. Um, I started out where I would give like, okay, setting up like whoever the guest was going to be for the day and the sure. subject that they were going to talk about. I would then throw in like some facts and figures about, you know, the prevalence of the, the problem and um, some stories from popular news. Um, yeah. regarding that issue and then through like i think it was really just time management and condensing mm-hmm. right. you know the episode into like a listenable amount of time yeah um i i sort of got away from that because the the interview started getting longer which was right. great i mean like right. it, was, it was good content and so now now that i've kind of got a flow going with that i want to start incorporating more of the setup again and um do more of a lead in because really i'm only doing about probably two, three, maybe five minutes of talking before Mm -hmm. we get into the interview, and then another three to five minutes at the end, just kind of talking about what's coming up and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But And I do a blog post for every episode of the Coaching Through Chaos show so that I can provide links and other resources on the topic and um, uh, sometimes you know the guests will have you know special pictures that they want Mm -hmm. included in things and sometimes I've done like experiential kind of interviews uh, like the virtual reality medical center I got to experience using virtual reality um, technology um, Mm -hmm. and they work with uh, combat veterans um, to help PTSD so I have like pictures from that and a big write up on that um, experience so um, so i'm I'm gonna be trying to expand it again now and and the show will just get a little bit longer as sure. we as we go on. <laughs> so you generally
1: yeah. try to keep them under an hour, I'm guessing.
0: They are under an hour. We initially were um, when we were um, promoting it over on the the radio station website. It mm-hmm. was we were locked into thirty minutes, oh, and then gotcha. Then we just started kind of, and I say we. The my partner um, produces it with me, uh, Dr. B, and he does all okay. the editing and stuff, and um, we. Um, uh, and we just started kind of, you know, we had some really good interviews and I'm like, well, I don't want to cut this person off. Like I want the whole interview to be in there right. and I don't care like if we go over 30 minutes. And right. we just started doing, you know, like I tell the guests before they come on, like I give them the interviews before they come on. I give them the questions and yeah. because I formulate it based on their work. And I know some people like I'm going to interview an author upcoming on coming on a specific subject and mm-hmm. he has a couple of books out and I'm interviewing him about one of his older books yeah. and and he said, oh, he goes, he goes, I'm going to need some time to research what I wrote because it's <laughs> been a long time, but the subject was really interesting to me. So, um, so to save his face, I won't <laughs> name yeah. him right now, but, um, <laughs> uh, but so I, I, tailor the interviews based on their books, on their work, on their organizations. Um, and so I give them the questions beforehand for the most part and, um, uh, and I always tell them, you know, like there's no such thing as uh, too long of an answer. Sure. You know, um, just say what you need to say. And, you know, if we need to edit you down, we will. But mm-hmm. w- we usually don't. You know, we edit to clean it up. And it's right. usually cleaning me up. Like I'll, tr- I'll trip over my words and go, oh, wait, <laughs> I got to start over. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, I know that feeling. trying to sound... <laughs> Yeah. Sound good on air. So, yeah. um, so for the most part, we don't usually clean like edit out. We usually just clean up the audio.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. So, what, what's it like interviewing authors? I've yet to interview somebody who's written a book. I, I've always been kind of intrigued of the idea, yeah. but
0: what's you know. It like? It was it was pretty um my first week of it was pretty amazing. I yeah. in the first week so I uh so I told you, I answered that ad and the, the broadcaster was like, "Okay, so it was like May, it was already like May 3rd or 4th." And he's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, so we need you up and running on June 1st." And I was, wow. "Oh, okay." You know, I had no idea what I was doing. And right. uh, then I I panicked and was like, "Oh my gosh, like I just said I'd have all these guests on. What am I going to do?" Mm-hmm. So I went on Amazon and I I came up with like an intro kind of pitching email and I looked up a bunch of people that had like interesting self help kind of books on different subjects and I just started emailing people and every one of them said yes. A couple of uh bestsellers too. And so with it and so I ended up taking I think the last week of May off to schedule the interviews. So by June first I had already done twelve interviews with wow. all of us, and it was just kind of pitching myself to them. I didn't even have a, a show going yet. I was right, launching like, right. this you know this show and uh, it's been really great and the response has been great and even when I have written very big authors even if I don't have the numbers for them to take the time out to be on my show, they've yeah. offered up other authors to me and oh, nice. say, oh, well, hey, like, I can't do this, but I know this person would be perfect and you should talk to them. And so, like, I mean, how generous is that, that someone would then connect me where I can say, oh, so-and-so yeah, me your name because so-and-so, can, <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs>
0: that's a good introduction to have. No, yeah, so, that's a great uh,
1: icebreaker, yeah, I would yeah.
0: say. <laughs> it's been it's been really wonderful. and like I said, like some of these people have been super generous with their time and staying connected and like I've I formed a lot of you know, I wouldn't say friendships, but I'd say you know more than more than professional acquaintances with some of these guests and we stay online I mean we stay in connection, we email, you know um, and it's been it's been really just. And a great experience for me, you know. Whether anybody ever listened to the show or not, which thankfully they are, yeah. um, I just love it, and I'm just going to keep doing it because I enjoy it so much, and I like that the people want to want to be participating in it with. Yeah, me. sure. So, yeah. That, so it's been that's great. That's Awesome.
1: That is very awesome. I yeah. Like I said, I've never I've never had the, the time to to sit down. I, I I'm going to start reaching out to authors just because. I like to write and people I mean to a certain extent I mean I've never written 200 200 pages of a of a novel or something or you uh-huh. know what I mean I've, but just to go inside the mind their mind and how they came up with this character that character or this or this you know what I mean it's just amazing but yeah that that's impressive I mean 12 interviews before you even launch that is
0: right. that's talking
1: about staying ahead so do you still publish your your episodes are still come to iTunes and they still go to the to the radio station or is that
0: Um, no, we actually left the radio station, um, behind because it just, it wasn't, it wasn't doing anything for us. And so, um, as far as like numbers and in fact, because of maybe some of the political bend on it, it really, we didn't feel like we had the freedom to keep doing what we wanted to. Um, so we, um, did, you know, friendly break apart from the radio station connection, Mm -hmm. but, um, Uh, But we are, you know, we're housed on SoundCloud and Mm -hmm. then it feeds to iTunes. I don't do any of the technical part of it, but I know that, like, I'm on every, like, um, I, um, what's it called, podcast directory you can be on. Like, if if you can find it, I'm probably on it. And so um, we kind (laughs) of wanted to make sure absolutely everybody could find it if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, Uh, that's awesome. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, well, that's good. I mean, because if it's, if it's on SoundCloud, it'll go to iTunes. But, yeah, yeah, you got all these other podcast directories that, that I'm sure it's uh, uploaded to. That's really cool. Now, um, have you uh, – I, I this is one topic I should have probably asked maybe 10, 15 minutes ago because sure. we were kind of into what your line of work. But we're kind of going everywhere, and I kind of like it anyway. So okay. what, <laughs> I was watching um, this uh, – ESPN this week uh, did that – 30 for 30 on OJ Made in America. Have you seen any of that?
0: No, I was just listening to uh, the some commentary on it on the radio. I definitely am going to yeah. check it out. Yes.
1: And uh, I was... Uh, or, well, they did the... I'm sorry, the FX show. Not the documentary. But then they did this one. But this one is just in depth.
0: So this is a documentary though, right? Yes, this is right? like... It's for, not actors playing No, 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 no. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's all stock footage that they've had oh. from the the murders to the trial to the verdict yeah. to post and there's five parts of it and it's like an hour and a half long each and i i've breezed through the first four parts and i'm gonna probably watch part five here later today but mm-hmm. it's um it's not a, i mean i shouldn't say it's amazing but i mean it's interesting because i was still really young i mean i was like 13 or 14 and i was I gonna
0: really... ask like were you like too young to kind of have relived it all and saturated the media yeah. <laughs> with it yeah I was just old. I was I was in my 20s when it yeah. happened. So I just remember like being obsessed with it at the time. Yeah. And so my question would be like, I wonder if there's new information or if it is like, you know, kind of refeeding it back to us what yes. we've already heard in the past.
1: Right. So I, I think there's some refeeding, but I also think there might be some new information again. I, like... I was so convinced that he didn't do it when I was a kid just because oh. I loved him in Naked Gun. I, he was like, I mean, he was like Michael Jordan, you know, for yeah. football. I mean, the guy was like a lovable guy. And then now that I'm in, like, I, I my late, when I hit my late 20s, I mean, where, where I hit my 20s and then I hit my late 20s and now I'm in my 30s, I'm like, this guy totally did it.
0: <laughs> well, and then you see like the turns that his life took after, certainly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, uh so, yeah, so I'm gonna check it out i mean i was i I remember like being you know being right there with the Bronco mm-hmm. chase and oh, watching gosh, it live yeah. on the news you know, yeah. so um as many people <laughs> remember it, I'm sure because yes. we, that was the start of our whole you know like news network kind of focused. TV Um, it was the OJ trial that started all of that
1: yeah it's it's really interesting but I will uh, be watching it (laughs) yes I I highly recommend it um it just, I mean, because it's, again, it's like this, you know, going back to the gong Girl stuff and, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, O.J. was like a really sick person. It seems mm-hmm. like he was, you know, and there's another documentary. I'm, again, I'm not, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I just wanted to mention oh, this. this fun. Yeah, no, it's great. Have you, have you ever seen The Jinx? The Jinx? Uh, di- I don't think so. It was directed by Andrew Durecki. It was about uh, Robert Durst. You know who Robert Durst is, I'm sure.
0: Yes, uh, the lead lead singer of a
1: band, right? No, no, no. Robert Durst was the oh, uh, the the. Oh, he was like, yeah. no, you're good. <laughs> <I can't laughs> That's Fred Durst. <laughs> 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 no, the, he was a guy in New York. Uh, he his wife disappeared, and they could never find her. Um, and then he like oh. he uh, he mutilated his like m- roommate or neighbor in Galveston, and he killed his best friend. And uh, oh my gosh, you're like uh, just a sick, twisted guy. I mean, just, I mean,
0: I don't know how I don't know that one. I love those stories.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, seriously. There's a there's a movie called uh, the the guy who did the documentary. He did a movie called All Good Things, and it was based off of that. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Kirsten Dunst okay. and Ryan Gosling are in it. It's on Netflix. Check it out if you can. I was can. gonna
0: say I'm gonna have all these new things to you watch. Do? I have
1: to yeah, talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because just because I mean, it, you know, you you. We're, my wife and I are like really into these documentaries and I mean it's just like how do people think of the the shit like you know shit like this and how they do it you know it's just like wow you know you're, you're just like wow there's really people out there that are like this and it's, mm-hmm. it's just sad to see and crazy to see.
0: Right well I mean when you look at someone like OJ I'm not gonna diagnose or anything but you know of course if, if everything is the way that it appears to be you know he would be a sociopath right, right. and so right. those kind of people are very charming and mm-hmm. can get away with a lot and think they're above the law and really think that they're smarter than everybody else and right. and and for for a long time like he did he, I mean he was not convicted of murder so right. um but it's like all of the, um, the the big uh, Sirica, the Ted Bundy was right. you know like the the most classic one you know where he could charm all the women mm-hmm. and um, you know or even charm them after he's in prison. I mean in jail on trial. When you see those those people on trial, yeah. um that are getting and what was it the Menendez brothers? Oh yeah, yeah, like, all that stuff. Like there's there's a special kind of charisma that really you know sick people have sometimes (laughs) and um uh that attracts people that gets them to overlook the extremely obvious danger signs that says like you know uh don't go near this person but um but they can they can charm people so oj is in that category and then we have people who are very famous and that are you know, well, we'll see narcissists as opposed to so- sociopath is a totally different thing than a narcissist but there's still personality disorders right. um, but the sociopath is the one that will you know, that is most famous for hurting mm-hmm. people. Um, there's a neat book, though, if people are interested in that, um, The mm-hmm. Psychopath Next Door. Wow. Um, and it's talking okay. about how, like, there's average people out there that have those psychopath tendencies where they're not going to, like, murder anybody, but they really don't have any empathy for anybody. They're kind of just, like, looking and adjusting mm-hmm. how they um, interact with um, the world. You know, we have big corporate leaders, things like that. Um, doesn't mean every corporate leader has those tendencies or even is narcissistic but um uh, but there are categories of people that you can find a high level of those kind of um grandiose um and um and like personality traits that lack empathy um, are in like certain categories of people
1: sure wow Yeah, yeah 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 you know you know what I I do okay I'll give you one spoiler from what I'm understanding that that came out in this one because on the last part and I I watched like the first fifteen minutes of it mm-hmm. no, I I couldn't help but wonder what happens in part five so obviously in part four it was or part five is the verdict uh, he's not guilty and then he goes back to his life or whatever and all this I mean I, I haven't gone through all of it yet but mm-hmm. from what I understand they uncovered like a diary a diary that Nicole had. And apparently, she was having an affair with Marcus Allen.
0: That was, yes, well, an and if you watch oh, the, okay, okay. the Real Housewives, you can okay. get the scoop oh, on that, too. Yeah,
1: and she and his ex-wife <laughs> denied it, right?
0: Um, it was Marcus Allen's ex-wife, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know if she denied it. She just kind of didn't want it talked about. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so there was it was alluded to that. Um, in, in that, which is like my own sick obsession is the housewives, you know, like I, 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 I'm a warrior, you know, like that's what I do for a living is I listen to people's lives. I can't help but get sucked into reality shows. Right.
1: It it (laughs) happens. It happens. You know, I I used to, you know, I think when the, the whole, you know, going back to the Robert Durst thing, my wife told me about this guy, how he, Mm -hmm. he, um, denied it for years that he didn't kill anybody then they they had a microphone on him it was hot he was in the bathroom and he he's like talking to himself and he admits to killing he said he didn't say i ki- he didn't say i killed this person or that person he said i killed them all he's telling he's like it's like almost like he's talking to himself it's it's really strange and then that that like led to his arrest it was crazy they had enough evidence backing like hey this i mean you you just have to like i mean if, if you can find that documentary somewhere called the jinx mm-hmm. watch it it's i amazing. Will. It's yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I look, I, 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 I saw your Twitter account. I saw, I listened to shrink to shrink. I'm enamored with the stuff that you do. I I think you're, I think you're awesome because you're a podcaster to top it off. So, I mean, <laughs> the podcast with Dan Franks is really good. And, uh, you know, what, where can my, um, dear listeners, uh, follow you and find all your stuff, Colleen?
0: Yeah. So, um, my main website is coachingthroughchaos.com um and that's you know you'll find my practice you'll find the the um uh, po- um, podcast and blog and then we have shrink to shrink which is shrink with the number two shrink mm-hmm. um, all one word and that's we have that at shrink to shrink com too but you can um, they can easily reach out to me on twitter I like mm-hmm. to interact with people on twitter so I'm at Dr. Colleen Mullen or at shrink to shrink and on facebook they can find me at um, coaching through chaos on facebook awesome. so yeah um, yeah, and I should say I, it does. It did feel like we went all over the place, and then I was trying mm-hmm. to give like little tiny snippets of psych stuff. Yeah. So, you know, we, <laughs> there's there's much more detailed information, um, and I do a lot of writing for other blog sites. So, um, mm-hmm. y- you can find um, some of that also at like Everyday Power Blog. I'm one of their contributing authors as well.
1: Awesome. Okay. Wow. So your author, your psychologist, the podcaster. Man, mm-hmm. you're just you've got so many different hats. That's on that on. That's awesome.
0: That's why my that's why my um my exercise time and my friend time is really important oh, to me. Yeah.
1: You gotta unplug from <laughs> I everything. I really in.
0: appreciate you know my downtime.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Colleen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks i appreciate so much for it. having me on. Yeah. This was fun. Like I said, I could talk to to, to Colleen for hours and hours and hours and I did talk to her for hours and hours and unfortunately we will sync back up and we will get this podcast up again and she will come back on and we will talk more about some of the stuff that we talked about on the, on the two-parter that we did and so um uh, let's start talking to social media, Twitter and Instagram at Roel Santos Jr. You can follow my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Row. You can also email me at gmail.com if you have any questions, concerns, or maybe you want to be a guest. Reach out to me. Talk to me. Let's make it happen. I'm a, I'm a team player. I'm all about getting you on the show. If you have a podcast or you have a, if you have a very interesting story to tell. Also, if you are a dear listener and you want something to share with me about world of road turning one this year you can please email me at that at that email yeah or text me or whatever tweet at me and um that would be great uh, i'm really excited about that like i said i'm already getting some clips together that i want to that i want to put out for the show am trying to find some of my personal favorite episodes and uh it'll be a good one and hopefully between now and then i have another good guest or two and uh we'll have a good good old time Alright, guys, you've been listening to The World of Row, and stay wow. tuned as The World of Row turns. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll catch you next week.